Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. We're now taking applications for the Cambridge Social Innovation Prize 2022, awarded by Trinity Hall and the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. The £10,000 prize is made annually to extraordinary founder CEOs of scale-up social enterprises to support their growth as leaders. In this episode of the Social Ideas podcast, we hear from one of last year's winners, Lisa Stepanovich, founder and CEO of Social Arc. Lisa empowers 16 to 30-year-olds from East London to use their lived experiences to develop their social enterprises. Six months after winning, I caught up with Lisa to find out what impact the award has had for her. Yes, and I use the word incubator programme so as people get sort of an understanding of it. But really, it's so much more than that. It's a supportive programme, a supportive network, and it is absolutely steered towards young people, 18 to 30-year-olds. We have had the exceptional 16 or 17-year-olds, and they're welcome, but our target is really 18 to 30. And what kind of social enterprises are these young people bringing together, particularly bearing in mind their personal narratives and the environments that they come from? So, for example, you could have uh, someone coming out of prison, might have had quite a tough time, equipped with loads of uh, fitness skills, and they come out and they create a fitness program for ex-offenders. We've got um, a young mum, brilliant at floristry, that wants to create floristry workshops and services for the community. It's it's all based on, on their lived experience. There's so many examples. We've got people making manga. We've got people making cakes and creating services for care leavers. It really is based on their lived experience and helping them to uh, embrace that and to do something good with it. Why is there such a need in the area that you live in for these types of social enterprises? Well, you know, East London areas, is, it's forever changing, right? It's not the old East End that, that I was born into. We've got regeneration. Some people call it gentrification. There are a lot of people feeling pushed out. Uh, their voices are not heard got a huge amount of talent on our doorstep that can actually come up with with solutions and and innovative solutions, enterprising solutions to the problems on our doorstep. It's important that local people can create their own change and have got the space to create their own change. How do you go about encouraging that change? Well, I think at first we recruited and, and we was advertising what we did. We were absolutely person-led, peer-led. So, for example, like our first cohort, they did some great work with us. And, and you know, the word spread. Hey, there's this organisation we're involved with. And actually, we're not just involved in it. We're leading on things in it. We, you know, our voice is the voice. It's not one of many. Our voice is the main voice. And they're, they're actually doing what they say they're going to do. So it's not hard to get other, other young people who, you know, friends speak to friends and And yeah, they tell each other and they recommend each other and get involved. You were one of three winners of last year's Cambridge Social Innovation Prize. Each winner uh, was awarded £10,000. And the purpose of that money was to uh, enable you to get personal development, to have a business advisor. How has winning that prize benefited you as an individual? 
I think with the prize money at the moment, I haven't spent it yet. I've been talking to Mark, the business advisor from, from your end, from Cambridge. He's connected me with lecturers there. It's been absolutely great the people that it's opened the doors with and I am in discussions thinking how I'm going to spend that money will it be to further my education will part of it be to do that we've been talking about doing all kinds of different courses I'm quite excited about that but actually I think it's it's a lot more than that I mean winning the prize did absolutely open doors for me so much so that I haven't even thought about the money for a little while it's sitting there people start to recognize the work we do people started to inquire about hey these programs like what are they we have secured a new corporate partnership a three-year corporate partnership which I believe a lot of it is on the strength of uh, winning the prize and our publicity around that as we really showed that we did some great work during COVID and over that period and we reported on that really well I think there's one thing that that I try to always make sure we do is to come with a you know, impact reports, getting back to funders, getting back to investors, letting them know what, what just what we've done. If you've given us some money, telling you guys what have we done with it. And a few people have said, that's a breath of fresh air, Lisa, because not a lot of people do that. I was like, wow. Um, I was quite surprised about that. But actually reporting back to the people that have supported us through a very tough time and saying, this is what we've done. This is, and, and we won this, and we done this, and we done, it did add to our credibility, absolutely added to our credibility. And I would, I'd recommend everyone, if you've, done, if you've done enough work, and you know you've done enough work, the visibility, and you can tick all those boxes, absolutely apply. People who are interested in applying, they can either be nominated, or they can nominate themselves. My understanding is that you, quite at the last minute, decided to nominate yourself. Why was that? It was because um, a mentor, a good mentor of mine, I wasn't going to do it. And she was like, Lisa, you need to do this. You should do this. This absolutely fits you. And I respect her. I really respect her. Somebody else said to me, don't bother. You won't get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this, this, what my mentor said to me, Lisa, just do it. This is you. It's got your name all over it. Um, and I did it. And that's why I did it. And it was quite at the last minute. You're right. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't. Gonna. And there was an information session, actually, that I kind of I don't know why it was in my calendar. But I thought I was attending a different meeting. and I was a little bit late and I just barged into the information session. But it was actually the Cambridge one. I was when I was still getting used to all this Zoom business. And I was like, hey, sorry, I'm late. And it was like the information session. So I sort of sat through it thinking in the back of my mind I'm not even I'm not going to apply for this this is like someone else told me don't bother so I'm not going to but I had to sit there and be polite so yeah it worked out in my favor so it's good from your perspective you've mentioned a couple of times that somebody said to you don't bother you're not going to get it did that statement influence you at all I mean obviously it didn't in that you did eventually apply for it but it must have niggled at you a little bit and and if it did niggle at you why did you listen to it in the first place I think because it was, you know, I've always, I'm pretty outspoken. <laughs> I've stuck to my values right the way throughout my social entrepreneur journey. And things would have been a lot easier for me if I'd have just towed the line with a few things and shut up. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. So I've been used to real challenges along the way. So when the person said to me, oh, don't bother, it's not really for people like you, or I really was under the impression it was because I speak up on things and, you know, how I am. And 
pretty forward since I was done going into it all, but it was around that. So yeah, it did, it did bother me, but not to the extent that, you know, I just brushed it off. I just brushed it off. Well, okay, I think it's not for me. It's not for me, you know, but it's like, whatever, I just left it. It takes a lot to really get at me, to be fair. So you mentioned the fact that you haven't spent the money yet, (laughs) but you have benefited from meeting with with Mark, who is one of the business advisors of Cambridge Social Ventures, which, of course, is part of Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. You've benefited from that. You've met with some lecturers. How is that knocking on for Social Arc and how Social Arc is now moving forward? Well, it, it's been great, actually. I've, and the programme the program director, Nicole, I've connected with her. Some of our entrepreneurs have gone and co-delivered and designed a, a workshop with her for another university. It's opening the doors to our guys as well. And that, that to me, is really, really important that, you know, young, brilliant entrepreneurs that, you know, sometimes get overlooked good due to their backgrounds and where they're from. People talk about unconscious bias. I think it's very, very conscious, that bias, right? There, there is a lot of othering. There is a lot of discrimination. And I think people are very aware of it. They're not unconscious of it. They are very aware of it. And I think that um, that's just a really polite word, a nice word to, that people use to sugarcoat it. So the, going back to what I was saying, I think it's really important that brilliant entrepreneurs with lived experience that are absolutely can talk on the subject. I know their subject. Not to be a lived experience leader is not enough, right? It's, it gets you part of the way there. You've also got to know your stuff. You've got to know it inside out and back to front. And these guys do. And Nicole reached out. She said, you know, can you recommend a couple of entrepreneurs? Quickly, like two of our guys, I went and delivered something great in partnership with them. It's very equal. It wasn't a Nicole and the young working class entrepreneurs. It was Nicole and two fantastic entrepreneurs delivering for a university. And those kind of opportunities um, wouldn't have come around had I not won the prize, done the prize, whether I spent the money, not to it. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't have come around. And actually, now I said to you, we, we got a corporate partnership. We found out about that really brilliant news in, in December. And I'm looking to now, it's a three-year partnership, and I'm looking to now, to it's run an, a female empowerment programme for uh, teenage schoolgirls across East London. Six programmes over three years, two a year, between 12 and 16-week programmes. We've got to finalise the details yet. But I'm looking to bring groups of those schoolgirls to Cambridge University for the day out and actually to get in spaces that they might not have otherwise got into and I know that by my relationship now with you guys there that that can absolutely happen and you know it's it's just knowing that we can do that and and to empower young girls from diverse communities from underrepresented communities however you want to call it but it's bringing young people that may not necessarily been invited into those spaces bringing them into those spaces to experience that you talk about being invited into those spaces and you talk about your own experience of those spaces. Do you think that perhaps some of us are a little too sort of rose tinted with our glasses and saying, oh no, but you know, diversity, we're all being a bit more open. Do you think it's actually as open as as many of us may believe it to be? I think it needs more work. I think, well, we all know it needs more work, but you know, to actually 
do that. It's, you can you can write all the policies you want. You know, they'll just rot on the shelf or in a file, a digital file. Unless they're implemented, unless people can see that change happening, they're not worth the paper they're written on. So I think that I think you are in the right direction. I think there's still obviously loads more work to be done, and there always will. But you know, diversity inclusion. It's more than skin colour, it's more than race. We've got the disabled communities, we've got the LGBTQ plus trans community, we've got we've got all of that going on. Lots and lots of work to be done. But you know, from my experience, now I haven't been a student at, at Cambridge, so I can't speak for what it's like to be a student, but from my experience of dealing with you guys, I felt welcome. I was very optimistic when I first went there. I felt so out of place in the grounds and around there. And I felt that I was made feel equal and welcome and valued. And for me, it was it was a good experience. So if somebody's sitting at home and they're thinking to themselves, should I apply for it? Shouldn't I apply for it? What would your advice be? I say apply. Um, you've got nothing to lose. And even if you don't get it, you've got like a good template for something else. Put some time in it. Get somebody else to read it. If you've got a mentor, get them to read it. I wouldn't just apply if you if you've only done a bit of the work and you're trying to sort of wing it or black it. Make sure you've done enough work and it's you can demonstrate it. And, and some of your work's out there in the public domain that people know about you. Absolutely. And I think if you're a lived experience leader from an underrepresented background like myself, just say that. Don't shy away from owning your you. Because I think for a long time, I did try to sort of, you know, not really speak my truth. And it's, it's, I didn't hide it. I didn't speak up on it. Speak your truth. Say who you are and why you do what you do and your journey. Finally, what is the future for Social Arc? You've mentioned the corporate partnership that you now have. What else is coming along? Well, it's great. We, we secured three years um, core funding for salaries from the National Lottery, and that's taken quite a big weight off our shoulders so we can just crack on and deliver work. We've also the, the corporate partnership. Um, so we're spending, now we've kind of got those things sorted. We're just really cracking on supporting our young people. Um, and that's what we do. We support young people to set up social enterprises and businesses. And actually we're, we, can, we only work with small cohorts because we want to give that attention and we want to be able to support the whole person. It is tough because lots of people apply, lots of people want to come on our programmes. So we're looking at now thinking how we can make that more accessible to more people and actually build on that work. But that's what we're doing. And yeah, we're just looking to deliver our programmes, keep doing great work and keep like our young people, they speak for themselves, you know, their work they're doing and then they go on to peer mentor, new people coming through and it's just that kind of cycle. And that's what we know, we're doing good stuff then. That was Lisa Stepanovic, social entrepreneur and one of the 2021 Cambridge Social Innovation Prize winners. Applications are now open, but please note, you must be the founder CEO of a UK-based social enterprise. You can find out more by searching for Cambridge Social Innovation Prize.